We started three weeks ago with the idea of what if the Christmas story took place today? What if the birth of a child surrounded by unexplainable events were to happen in our time? We use the idea of a video and people would talk about this occurrence and some would say, I believe, some would say, I don't. Some would say, I hear, some would say, I don't. Really, that's the condition of the world today. A lot of people believe, a lot of people don't. A lot of people aren't hearing the voice of God today. I believe that God is still speaking today. I believe he wants to say something to you and me today. So let's take a look, as we have over the last three weeks, let's take a look at the event that took place 2,000 years ago, the actual song that was sung by the angels. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, would everyone join me on this all together? Those of you online, why don't you do the same? Let's read it together. Glory to God. Come on, everybody help me. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Would you just close your eyes for a moment? Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, speak again today. Pray that my my voice would diminish and that your voice would become loud and strong and that we would hear, Lord, what it is we need to hear. Open our hearts, open our ears to receive and hear your voice today. Say this with me. Just say, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. What is God saying to us today? I believe this story is speaking. And as we looked over the last few weeks, we've kind of discovered a couple things that I believe the story was, is saying to us. Number one, in week one, we learned that the idea of this story is to help us understand that um, God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. There was an innkeeper that you saw the footage, and here he was right in the middle of his ordinary. He was busy going from room to room, taking money, taking clients, taking new travelers, and yet he missed the extraordinary miracle that God had for him. And how often do you and I get so caught up in our ordinary that we miss the extraordinary supernatural move of God in our lives? God wants to bring the extraordinary right into the middle of our ordinary. And then last week we learned that We need to hear through our fear. We learn that in this story, even with Mary and Joseph, but especially with the shepherds, the angel says, do not be afraid, I bring you good news. And how many times do we miss the good news because we become so afraid that we can't hear through our fear? We're so caught up and worried that the shoe's gonna drop, that we're gonna, something's gonna happen, and we can't hear what God's trying to say. And that was last week. This week, I wanna... Read the end of the story. We're going to go to Luke chapter 2, verse 15. And this is how the shepherds responded to the angels. It says, So it was when the angels had gone away, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, 
verse 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen, and that's a great thing for you to underline. When they had seen, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all who heard it were, everybody say that next word, all that heard it, what did they do? They marveled. Everyone that heard, they marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Here's the bumper sticker for the weekend. I believe what God might be saying to you and I today is simply this, that you and I need to, write this down, remember to marvel. We need to remember to marvel. When was the last time you looked at the story? Or when was the last time you looked at your own life and all the things that have transpired in your connection and your relationship with God and you sat back and you went, wow, look at what God has done. You know, I'll never forget the first time I went in to see the, the first movie called Iron Man. And it's a part of a series of comic books. In fact, when you sit down at the theater and you grab your popcorn, this is what you will hear as you sit there in the theater. And as soon as I play that, people were reaching for popcorn or something. They were like, am I at the movies? You know, when I first saw that movie and I saw about Iron Man and how that they took these, you know, contraptions and metal and this, this body gear and they turned it into, you know, thrusters where you could fly and weapons that you could shoot. It was like I started, I literally was sit marveling. I was there and I marveled. At, wow, this would be cool. In fact, it might be possible that that just, you know, something ordinary could be super ordinary. And you know, it's interesting because the Bible says that when they heard what the angels or what the shepherds had told them, the angel had said, when they heard the story of the baby, they marveled. And here's what the word marvel means in the Greek. To marvel means to wonder, to admire, to be amazed, to be astonished. It means to look closely at a miracle that causes amazement. And I began to think about this passage and realize that so many times we get so busy in life, could it be that we, we don't marvel anymore? We're not amazed, but we start thinking about the story and we're like, oh yeah, the story of Jesus and also there's Santa and, and they're frosty and suddenly we've got all these things going on in our minds and we kind of walk on by and we don't marvel. We're not amazed. We don't stop and really look. I want to read part of the, the verse we read a moment ago in Luke chapter 2 verse 20. Look at what happened to the shepherds because they marveled. They saw what had happened. They really took notice to what was taking place. It says, then the shepherds returned glorifying and what's the next word? What's the next word? Praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. You see, when we begin to marvel, here's what it'll cause us to do. To marvel is to praise. To marvel is to praise. 
The Bible says that they began to praise God from the things that they had heard and seen. That word seen in the Greek is an interesting word because here's what it means. It means to stare at, which most of us would think, well, that must be what it means. But it also means to discern clearly. I like this. It means to perceive or to experience. I'll give you an illustration, kind of put a little bow around this idea. You know, um, not long ago, I was sitting in bed, or actually laying in bed, and I had my computer, and I was working on the computer. A lot of times at night, I'll do that um, throughout the week, working on my sermon, kind of thinking, praying, and Tibet was in the bed next to me, and the next thing I know, which happens often, our bed is filled with people. My kids come into the bed. Now, let me just tell you, I have a 21-year-old, a 20-year-old, a 17, and a 15. They're not three and two, but our bed is filled with kids. And I'm really not paying attention because I'm in the zone. I'm working on the computer and I hear laughing and giggling and, and they're like, Dad, Dad, you got to see this. And I'm like, huh? And I turn back and I'm into the computer. And they're like, you got to see this. Huh? Finally, it's like, put the computer down. And so I put the computer down. I turned and they turned the iPad around to show me a video. This video just so happened to be my nephew named Dex. Dex is two years old. He's a little guy who still doesn't talk. He only has one word, and his word is mean. And I think it came from my uh, sister-in-law, Sarah, whenever like he's getting in trouble by Nana, she'll pick him up and, and say, is Nana being mean? And he goes, mean. <laughs> so the, the dad, John, he decided to take advantage of that little thing, and he made this video, and it's Justin Bieber's song, What Do You Mean? But they've inserted little decks. Take a look. I want you to see. What do you Better make up your mind, what do you Yeah, you give him a hand. What happened on the bed that night was exactly what happened in the room. I started laughing, and we all started talking. It was like, hey, show that part again. Hey, isn't it cute when he does that? And here's the thing. You can't experience what you're unwilling to see. You can't experience what you're unwilling to see. How many of us, we've gotten to the point where we're too skeptical or we're too distracted or maybe even we're just too discouraged where we're not willing to stop and look at, perceive because it's through the looking at and seeing that we experience. Maybe you haven't marveled. Maybe you haven't stopped to say, man, we serve an amazing God. Man, we serve a God who is mighty. Man, we serve a God who is awesome. We, we serve a God who, who is able to give us amazing grace. We serve a powerful, a, a, a God who can do anything. Thing. That's the kind of God we serve. When was the last time you really remembered to marvel? 
Because I'm going to tell you, when you begin to marvel, suddenly praise will rise up in you. To marvel is to praise. You begin to think about the, the unusual circumstances that surrounded this situation at Christmas 2,000 years ago. You begin to look at your situation and all the things that have surrounded your family and your finances and your situations. And before you know it, you, you step back and you have to say, praise God. Man, God is good. It reminds me of the story of this building. Every time that I walk into this building, every time someone sits in the seat you're sitting in, oftentimes it makes me kind of step back and go, praise God. God. You might say, Pastor Jared, what do you mean by that? Well, you see, we were at another building on Hasley Canyon. It was a lot smaller, and we had outgrown. In three, in three and a half years, we'd tripled in size, and people, we just didn't have the room. We had multiple services, didn't know how to fit everybody in, and we knew we needed to move. And so we began praying, and I passed on an option to buy that facility. Here's the thing. There were no other places in Valencia or in the, the area and the valley to go. You can't take a building and turn it into a church. So by passing on that purchase op option, we really didn't know what we were going to do. And before I know it, the owner of the facility comes to me and he says, Jared, listen, I know that uh, you're just leasing this now, but um, I have someone that wants to take over your spot. So what if you could go somewhere else? I'm like, well, we can't go anywhere else. There's no place to go. He said, but if you could, what would you want? I'm like, well, I want something more than twice the size of what we're in now. I want to be able to pay the same amount I'm paying right now for something twice the size. I want to um, get build-out money to help build it out. I want to have at least 1,000 seats in the auditorium, and I want it to be in a better location. And he looked at me and smiled like, yes, sure, whatever. The next thing I know, we're right here standing in this parking lot. And he says, you know what, I don't know, it's a possibility, but we're working a deal, and if it all comes together, and I'm like, well, hey, wait a minute, why hasn't a church come here? And he said, churches have tried to come here. Church after church after church have tried to get this building, and the city has said no. In fact, there are no churches on the west side of the freeway. You can't put a church on the west side of the freeway. And I said, well, why are we standing here? He said, I don't know, because maybe they might say yes. The next thing I know, they have said yes. And guess what? It's twice as big, as, more than twice as big as where we were. And guess what? When he told me the price was, it was the exact same price of the building we were moving out of. And guess what? He said, you can buy it. And guess what? He said, it's in a better location. I want to tell you, God can do miracles right in the middle of your ordinary. And here, here's what's also amazing that you might not know is that 20 years ago, there were a group of intercessors that came from church on the way that were driving around this valley, praying over this valley, asking God what he wanted to do. And guess where they ended up? Right here on this spot. And as they began to pray and seek God, the Lord spoke to them and said, I am going to plant a church on that corner. And this, they, this is what the Lord spoke to them. I've met one of the intercessors. They said, and as we were praying and God said a church was going to be planted here, he said, this is going to be a gateway to the northern L.A. region spiritually. Guess what the name of this, this, uh, this whole region we're in right here, the strip mall? It's called Gateway Promenade. You see, when I go and I take a look, when I don't just get so skeptical, and well, it could be a coincidence, when I just don't get so busy walking through life, when I actually take a moment to look at all the circumstances surrounding what has happened, every time we walk into this building, suddenly I begin to marvel. Suddenly I begin to be amazed because I realize that we serve a God who is mighty. We serve a God who is great. We serve a God who can do anything. 
great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Oh, that we would remember to marvel at Christmas time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you are like, Pastor, you're getting your preach on today. Let's read a little bit more of the story. See, to marvel is to praise, but Luke chapter 2, verse 17 says, Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled. Here's what's interesting. To marvel is to praise, but when you read this verse, here's what we also see. To marvel is to testify. Because as soon as they saw what had happened, as soon as they began to realize and marvel at the greatness of what God had done, what did they do? They couldn't help but tell their story. One translation says it this way. It says, when they heard and saw, they told everyone. The, the, The Greek phrase, told everyone, means this. This is cool. It means to make known. It means to declare but it also means to certify. Anybody remember back in the election when Al Gore was against George W. Bush and then there was the recount and the hanging chad? Anybody remember the hanging chad? I'll never forget the video or the picture of that guy who was kind of balding with his glasses up like this and he's staring at the hanging chad. We had a person in the service, at first service, and his name was Chad. And he said, hey, don't leave me hanging, Pastor. Oh, sorry, I had to throw that out there. Hanging Chad. Okay, sorry. I remember looking at that picture, and when I saw the picture, it just, you could see this guy was, what was he doing? He was trying to evaluate the evidence, and here's why. So when the evidence was in, when he had really taken a look at what had happened, that he was able to walk out of the room and say, I stand before America, and I certify that the evidence supports the situation. And I want to tell you that you and I, if we'll stop and take a look, did you realize that every one of us have evidence? Every one of us have things that are supporting. We have unexplainable, amazing things that are surrounding our situations in life. And when was the last time that as you began to look at your life and your story, you couldn't help but testify? You couldn't help but go up to somebody that you know at work. You couldn't help but call that friend on the phone or talk to one of your family members and say, man, you wouldn't believe what God has done. You wouldn't believe how this situation turned around. You wouldn't believe when I was sick how God came and he touched me and he healed me. You see, God wants us to marvel because when we marvel, we testify. I want to tell you a quick story and we'll bring this to a close. In the back of the room, in the media booth, we have a gentleman. His name is Dario or Darius. He's a part of our church and helps with media. A while back, he told me an amazing story. And some of you are saying, Why are you going to tell us this story? Because this is his story. And here's his story. Many years ago, he was in Catholicism. He felt a calling to maybe go into the ministry as a priest. And so he cried out to God. And he said, God, I, 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 I believe that you're calling me. I believe you're calling my name. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to serve you in ministry. And God, if that's you, would you speak to me? Would you call my name? Would you help me to know? And so he did like a lot of people have done before. He grabbed his Bible and played Bible roulette. Anybody here ever played Bible roulette? 
He grabbed his Bible and did the old, you know, go like this and let it drop open. Eyes closed, point to the page, and then read. And Judas went and hung himself. Wait a minute, that's not a, that's not a, I think that's a. Let me just say, you got to be careful with this kind of thing. Don't live your life on Bible roulette. But there are moments and there are times where God will speak, where God will do things above the norm, something extraordinary. And so this man who's saying, God, if you've called me into ministry, you call my name. And so he opened his Bible, put his finger on the verse, and as he looked down, it began to say, and Daniel began to fast and pray. But King Darius, he stopped. Of all the words, of all the verses in the Bible, the one that he randomly opened and put his finger on had his name. So he stopped and he said, God, I think you're talking to me. Well, life got busy. He got drawn away and some things happened and many years went by. He wasn't fulfilling his calling. He wasn't answering what God had said. And about two years ago, he came to Higher Vision Church. And it was at Higher Vision Church that he rededicated his life to Christ. And he said, God, I, I want to serve you. And he, he got involved and started serving. And, and again, started feeling that calling, started feeling that pull on, on him, that maybe God had a plan for him in ministry. And so once again, and, and I'm not saying this is the way you should do it. I'm just telling you the story. And, and suddenly he goes, God, I, I want to know, are you calling my name? And it just so happened as he began to pray this prayer, he had opened his computer and was watching old sermons from Higher Vision Church. And it happened to be a sermon months earlier when I was preaching on a sermon called Launch. And we had a big boat out here in front. And it was right before Easter. And we were talking about putting cards inside the boat and praying for people. And so Darius, Dario, he basically said, God, I- I'm going to do it again. I know it's probably not even fair for me to do this, but I think you're calling my name. I think you're wanting me to be involved in ministry. So if you really are calling my name. If you have a call from me, then could you just speak to me? Could you just show me? Could you just say my name? And as he prayed the prayer, suddenly on the video that had been preached months earlier, I reached down into the boat. I pull it out and I say, and so we're going to pray and believe that God's going to fulfill his will in John, in Jane, and in um, Dario. Guess what? He's only a few classes away now from graduating with a degree in ministry from our leadership school right here at Higher Vision Church. When was the last time you stopped and looked at the story that you have? That amazing story of how everything converged in such a way where you realized you needed a savior and that Jesus really was. You didn't hear it, you didn't know, but suddenly you came over and you saw a miracle. You saw something happen and you looked at the story again and suddenly like this wonderful lady, Lucy, your ears were opened and you heard for the first time and now you're a Christian and you're serving God and you're here in the house of God. When was the last time you went back and you looked at that time when you didn't know how you're gonna make it and God miraculously sent a check 
in the mail or someone called you and said, hey, you're going to make it because God told me I'm supposed to bring you some groceries. When was the last time that you thought your marriage was over, but suddenly someone showed up at a, at a meeting you're at and they started talking to you and said, well, hey, we've gone through a divorce. Come on, let's sit down. Let me pray with you. And now you're still married and you're here in the house of God. Listen, don't let your kids grow up and not know the story. Don't let your kids grow up and not know your story of how he invaded earth from heaven and he came and he interrupted your life and he brought hope and healing and change. It's time for us as the church to begin to marvel again, to realize that he is great and greatly to be praised, that he is mighty, that he is awesome and there is nothing that he can't do. Oh, that we would remember to marvel that Jesus has come. Emmanuel, God with us. Somebody say, God with us. Come on, declare it. God with us. Somebody declare it again. God with us. One more time. God with, let's give him praise. Do you have a story? Do you have a story? We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. You can be seated. It's a good thing you came to the first service because I won't be able to sing with the Mingatonics in the second. It's a good thing I'm singing bass. <laughs> 